Hi everybody, this is Jeremy from In Bed by Night. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're enjoying the episode and wondering how you can support the show, there are several ways you can go about this. First one would be to leave a rating on your preferred, your preferred platform. Um, the second one would be to leave a review. Um, I know not all, not all platforms have the option to leave a review. So if you can't on your platform, um, consider going to Podchaser and leaving a review there. Um, reviews help us get out there, help folks who might be on the fence or looking for something similar to things that they like. Um, just get the show in front of new people. And then finally, um, if you haven't subscribed to the show on, again, your preferred platform, please do so. Um, and also feel free to share it with a friend. Um, word of mouth is such a powerful tool still in the digital age. On to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome into another In Bed by Nine. It's Alex here. Jeremy, question for you. How has your week been? I think it has been fantastic. It's been uh, productive. Um, Got a lot of things done. Um, Got both my my final projects out of the way for these classes, which are like 35% of the grade each. So out of, out of a thousand points. So it's like, yeah, those are big chunks. Um, wasn't too bad. It's mainly just going back and incorporating everything. You think they would just, a lot of the grade would be the same stuff you turned in if you got it right the first time, but no, they basically grade everything on the improvements you made, not necessarily the stuff you had. Right. I mean, it, it is, that is a baseline, but to get like anything above like a C, you had to incorporate all the additional stuff they wanted you to put in. That's where they were looking. And I hadn't had a class like that before, more or less to get two of them at the same time. <laughs> I mean, and this is, I mean, it's not like it's my first semester for this program either. So I, I was a little surprised by it. And then, and then the one professor, she is she's really nice, but she's just, she's tough. Like, I, I don't lie. She's a really tough grader. Um, but I think That's it's good. For a good purpose. Um, I know you. I figured you were going to say that as as an educator yourself. I, You're like, That's go my go job. tough, go home. That's what I might think. My job yeah. is to push you to get better. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I always thought I was good with citations and stuff like that, but um, yeah, but no, that and of course the 49ers lost, so I'm I'm happy. The Lions sports ball beat the team. They would have been, they've beaten the two time defending Super Bowl champions. Now I can say so. <laughs> I, I feel good. Um, but uh. No, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, congratulations to uh, Taylor Swift and the uh, the Chiefies and Swifties and all those people. So, um, if any of you are I, I, Taylor random, fans, random I'm sorry. thing to point out, random thing to point out with the Taylor Swift thing, not to interrupt your conversation, but I thought this was interesting. Learning this today, there is a class at Harvard that would analyze and goes over Taylor Swift music and connects it to ancient or not ancient, but uh, uh classical poetry and information makes a connection to them interesting i thought it was going to be something along the lines of like the illuminati or something pretty much the same thing (laughs) figured there was prophecy in each of her songs with the please swifties if you are fans of the podcast please still listen to us i'm sorry (laughs) i didn't mean anything i said no but um no you know uh things with the kids were good as she says Um, shake it off all right exactly so um the things with the kids were good um just trying to i found out today in their karate they're going to be testing for their next belts oh, starting yeah. in a couple of weeks so i was expecting like a four or five month break but nope none of that so how about you what is going on in your world uh as i said earlier this week has been really long for me but uh overall good talk about karate for a quick second too as well so you know my kids in karate as well but he decided to skip his testing he told his man is the instructors i ain't testing he's like i don't feel ready and I was like, that's, I'll, I'll give you a nod, kid, for like, you know, realizing your limits. And I appreciate you for that. So uh, we skipped testing. We're going to go tomorrow and we'll find out what that's going to look like because I don't know what's going to happen. He might get chopped in the face or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> had he been at my grammar dojo, though, I would have had to correct that ain't. I'm uh, sorry there, young man. But you're getting checked in the, in the, in the, uh, it's in the dictionary. Move on. All right. So, dot org. Oh, I'll petition your ass. Anyways. It's a word. It's a, we're getting violent up in here, y'all. Um, but other than that, you know, I've just been able to play a little bit of games. Uh, been kind of chilling. Got my new 40K box that I've been looking for. and Finally grabbed it. Got that thing here. Building a brand new army, which is amazing. Um, but other than that, got to play some Fortnite. I'm almost finished with Jedi Survivor. 
and uh, play a little Skull and Bones, and that game made me excited. Oh, I was gonna drop. It was gonna be a surprise, especially for you. But um, I'm gonna go and pick up my first army next week. I was talking to the guy at the Warzone shop. No. And I told him. I told him pick me out a couple of choices that are popular. So once I go there, I'm gonna take some pictures, and then I'll have to probably solicit your opinion. Your opinion. Oh. Well, okay. So, but are yeah, you... I'm gonna I'm oh. think. Well, there. I think we were talking about this like a month or two ago. Yeah. About tur- about I didn't know they had tournaments and stuff there, and uh, I didn't. Yeah. I, I knew there was a store there, but I knew didn't know they did events. I didn't know it was big around here. But I'm oh, like, yeah. you know what? It's they do they do a lot of stuff on the weekends, and oh, we some should... of my some of my nights are not bad. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Cause I I'm probably curious what kind of armies you're. Where, where, where's your passion gonna lie? I will have to find out when I get there next week because I don't. I just told them pick me some popular choice or give me some popular choices, and then I have to, I have to look at them and do my research because okay. I have All no right. clue. So I'm going in blind basically, but I'm right, I'm we'll, gonna we'll, I'm gonna commit we'll talk. that direction. We'll talk. I got let you know. I've been well vested in this series, anyways. Um, but yeah, we have a guest that's like sitting here, like ready to talk because I know he's ready. I was gonna say, and we got almost twenty minutes left. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So without uh, without further ado, we are going to welcome in a uh, return. Not welcome in, welcome back. Ooh, I like that. Welcome back, welcome back. We're going to bring in Bald Eagle. Welcome in, sir. Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, you heard it. It's a big mess. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're staying on your feet and you're staying busy. That's that's part of life, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bald Eagle, for the people that have not heard you before um, in the past streams or recordings, who are you? What do you do? What's going on? Well, uh, I'm Eagle, and I am a YouTube partner. I got to be on the podcast uh, last year. It was a fantastic experience, and I've been kind of watching and seeing when I could come back. I was eager to come back and talk about some more topics. Um uh, a lot of good stuff has happened. Uh, I'm eight months out from wedding day. Awesome. Um, we're getting close on that. Exciting. Um, got to produce a lot of good content. Started uh, really working on my long form stuff. Um, shorts went really good this whole time. It, it, it's been fantastic. Overwhelming response from the community half the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to ever say to them. Um and it seems like thank you's never enough when it comes to somebody going the other way to uh, watch something that you put out. Yeah. Um, so that's been fantastic. Um, like I said, stayed on YouTube. Uh, been working on that. Um, yeah, that's the big things. And then uh, left Lycus Empire. I was there last time that we talked and ended up joining an org called Bovin. Yeah. It, it was... It's been fantastic experience. I love working with the managers there and working with everybody that's around me, the other creators and whatnot. Um, it's been a fantastic environment and uh, really looking forward towards uh, the future here in the next uh, two to three years. That's cool. And were you partnered back when you joined us last year? I thought you. Yes. I okay, just you were been partnered for like a three, four months, maybe. Okay. I can't remember if you were just a partner or if you just you didn't get it yet. So, okay, cool remembering i recall i gotta recall so you said your shorts been going well i've been getting a lot of traction on that so long story short when it comes to things shorts are the key shorts are the key i i've set myself a goal to post a short every day okay and so far it's been well going got plane back stocked and uh plane coming out out of curiosity when you're looking at stuff because i've actually was talking to another couple content creators and they were trying to do analysis on when the best time to post a short is. Do you have that figured out yet? I do actually. Um, it all comes down to when you're uploading, upload about usual time of about three o'clock. And after about a month or month and a half, you actually have your own analytics come out of when people are active that are watching your videos on your YouTube studio. You can go into there and see when your audience is on, and then you upload accordingly um, to maximize your view opportunity. And that's what, thankfully, um, I researched into and just looked into in general, and 
that's honestly why I feel like views are the way for me when it comes to shorts. Cool. So why three o'clock though? Three o'clock is about the average time that a school student gets off. And it's oh. trying to take in consideration of people that's younger age, a little bit more involved with YouTube. That's when they're kind of like on and scrolling and that kind of thing. That makes sense. I was aiming for like lunchtime for things, but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, the one of the articles I read back when I was really starting to get involved with shorts when they kind of first came out. Mm-hmm. Um that was the first thing that they went to because it was like YouTube is more about kids. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're we're uh, looking into the heyday of them and what they're they're looking at when they get home, when they're sitting there eating dinner, when they're doing things like that. And so three to five o'clock was about the typical. I went with the three because that's usually when kids are on the bus or they're getting ready um, to be home or whatever, that's when they really start scrolling. And when your videos will probably pop up if you use the right tags and go into that, that category. See, and that's something we never would have thought of because coming home from school, I didn't have the cell phone to, to scroll through. But like you said, I mean, fair point whether you're walking home, riding home, you got the time. And all I, yeah. and the amount of times my kids have asked me for a cell phone, my oldest ones, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So that does. Interrupting homework time. How dare you, Eagle? How dare you? <laughs> I know I'm banning me. You're gonna have to ban me from your kid's cell phone. <laughs> Note to self. No, I'm just kidding. So you've been playing a lot. We know that. We've been you know, I I we, we we've been watching you, Eagle. You've been playing a lot of different games. Primarily we noticed that you've been in a lot of tournaments for the Fortnite, as I like to call it with my my younger kids. I joke with them. And make myself feel older. So what's been going on in that world? What has it been going on in that world? Um, fortunately, I've this in particular season, uh-huh. um, I've been able to play more tournaments. Um, got the opportunity to really grind in it and see what competitive Fortnite was like. Yeah. It is rough. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not an easy category to go in. Um, certainly had some good placements. Um Place top 100 in attorney, place top 2,000, usually average, you know, probably top five, 6,000. And there's up to 20, 30, 50,000 teams in these. And it's a lot of people. I mean, when you're taking 50,000 teams, it's duos, it's 100,000 people playing at once. And it can be, it can be overwhelming at times. It can be, it's a lot of uh, playing to your style and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's been fun. I I love the competitive scene. I love what's happening in it. I think it's a very fun season. I don't think that you have to just ultimately build anymore. I think you can play these no-build tournaments, and they're just as fun as the builds. It, it, it's been a really good time. But I got to give a special shout-out to my boy Ethan, uh, one, of my, well, one of my basically brothers, uh, one of the guys I grew up with. He's done everything he can to play in every tournament with me that he can Mm -hmm. and every time he does and we get to play it out to our fullest ability it's been special it's we've really made a good scene cool in these tournaments they yield rewards correct or is it just status some of them is status some of them are rewards it depends on what type of uh tournament you do okay um one of the most recent one was just for a Fortnite skin that hadn't been released yet. You get early access to it. Um, and then some of the others like the Fortnite Championship Series, the the big one that's for tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. Um, that one's for status and for money, obviously. But it's a mix of both. Ooh. When you are prepping for or not prepping but when you're plan when you're planning for your you know time when you're jumping into the scene here in Fortnite is there an area that you feel more comfortable dropping um especially during a tournament level or is it pretty much at the whim of what's happening or is there just a couple cuz like when I play Fortnite there's a couple areas I like to go like I like to land here or here and that's where I like to be because I'm good I'm comfortable I'm going to rock it or do you do you have something like that we do um in particular with me Where? and Ethan, 
And <laughs> I, I can't give out leaks. I don't want you <laughs> with me. I'm scared of you. <laughs> um, so no. we practice constantly with ranked and we practice our drop spots, try to learn the map, try to learn where different uh, mats are available, where different um, uh, campfires, coolers, different things that we can use to our advantage. If we are in trouble, if, if we're losing health or whatever, mm -hmm. um, that's something that you have to practice no matter what game you go into in competitively. Mm -hmm. um, rather, you're looking at the Apex scene, Fortnite scene, Valorant scene, whatever, you have to practice. And me and him do it um, quite often. And before tourneys, we are one of them teams that kind of like chill. We like to talk over the game plan, talk about what we're doing, um, be level-minded, um, good vibes, and that kind of thing. We we just like to hang out and talk about it. But, yeah, certainly practice is a big part of it. You just broke my heart. I was going to say, Diabolic and I can talk about our game plan. I felt like we were halfway there. We've got yeah, the talk part. Now we just got to implement <laughs> But yeah. you said practice. You just threw a whole other thing out there. Yeah, and, uh, I think it ruined now it you've all. crushed my dreams. So, no, you got to play casual too. You can't just practice competitive, competitive, competitive because mm -hmm. then you just drain yourself in it, and it, it can be overwhelming. There's a difference between playing casual, and you know, there's uh, people die out. People, you know, the game kind of goes along and pushes forward, mm -hmm. but then you get into these ultimate tourney lobbies and rank lobbies. And sometimes there's still like 50 people up when it's a very small zone. And it's, it, it feels so stressful because you have to move the right way or somebody's going to eliminate you. Yeah. I know that feeling. I mean, I, I, back in the, back in the day when Halo was big, I had my friends that were big in the Halo and I know like they would practice and I was not part of the practice, but what I did is I sat with stopwatches and called out times because they wanted to know how much time it took for like a gun to respond or this person to respond. So they were trying to figure out timing stampers on everything. Um, so I remember practicing like that for competitive matches. Like that was my job. I had a clipboard and a bunch of stopwatches and calling out different time for things. So um, yeah, I'm totally understanding that. And that's probably the best thing to do preparing for any tournament match like that. So, all right. So, other than the fortnights, what have you been up to? Oh, I've I've indulged in this open world survival genre for the past couple years. Okay. Um, it it kind of started with me jumping on a game called Valheim, which is a I think it's it's on PC and Xbox now, uh, but originally it was PC. Um, just this open world survival craft, something that you could pour hours into and just play oh, yeah. casually, um, can hunt, defeat bosses in it, uh, have to travel across a, a map and do all these certain things to unlock accolades and that kind of thing. Um, but it has resurfaced. I beat Valheim, um, back quite a few months ago now. Um, I think it was late September that, that me and another buddy of mine, um, beat that but now it's kind of resurfaced games have really started to come out here in the early stages of uh 2024 and there's been some good ones right now i'm on the enshrouded uh game and it's it's been a lot of fun okay so i like to change you going from you know very competitive play to more relaxed chilling open world games and i gotta say i think there's been a large influx of open world games over the past least couple years not just like usually the one or two or you know but i feel like we've got valheim you talked about we have power world um you know hell divers was released um you know why do you think a question to you you know why do you think that's a possibility what's going on here i think it's kind of that people are realizing the value of an open world game okay it's um uh, just for example, this Enshrouded game, it's still in beta. It's not all the way unlocked. And I've put in 43 hours and the game's been released for two weeks. To me, that's getting more value versus these story type game modes. Now with 
Fortnite and Valorant, that's kind of its own category because it's kind of that free-to-play, top range in FPS, Battle Royale, it's, it's always changing seasons. But as far as like your story games, I believe that it's different and people are more like, well, I get more value out of this because I can go at my own speed and be able to just kind of roam. I don't necessarily have to do side quests. I can go and chop down trees if I need to. I have to learn how to smelt this or cook this for a certain recipe or or, or whatever of different things. You have more freedom and more just kind of roaming ability. It, it creates an environment where you know, I get to play the game how I want it. I get to build structures how I want it. Mm-hmm. It don't look the prettiest to you, but it looks the prettiest to me. It, it's more just creativity. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think about, like, even, like, story-based open-world games, like, uh, throw out there, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, or even, um, that was a big one for me, or the 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 Viking one was pretty good. I haven't played uh, the most recent one, because I just don't care, um, because they've all gone downhill, downhill for me. Um, but I agree. I think there is a there's a small animosity to those kind of games that are like open world, but with control of a story that seems to get lost in itself. I feel like you know personally, I haven't found a game that is open world as well as story based that's really well put together, in my opinion. Um, you know, if you're think of one in the comments, throw it. But I, I'm thinking out loud like one that hasn't been like over the top, over the moon, you know, super good. I go with Elder Scrolls, like Oblivion, I thought was really good. Um, the story was, uh, I thought, not super long where you didn't, where you were playing it for 90 years, but you had ungodly amounts of side quests, which I, that would I, that would be my excuse to go and explore other stuff. And I would come back to the main storyline later. Well, even then, it's like Oblivion and Elder Scrolls are like the storyline is different. Like I said, you just said the side quest rules those games. But like when I think of like uh I'm just using Assassin's Creed as my main focus, there's a very really strong storyline you must follow to finish the game. <laughs> if you divert from that, you've lose track of what's happening and takes forever to get back. Even like okay, I love The Witcher. I thought The Witcher was a really good game, yeah. but it had a very strong storyline. If you divulge from that storyline, it was like, well, you lost the story. <laughs> like that's that then you, yeah, that's you know what I'm saying. I, like I, you I lost the you. story. Like Elder Scrolls, like he was just like do these side missions. Oh, there's a random middle story that you can kind of follow as well, but it wasn't the main driving force of the game. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I'm kind of been in this. Um, the the two that I'll go to if I'm recommending anything to anybody is the Valheim and Entrouded game as of right now. Um, Valheim has a story where it's not really giving you the guidelines of what the story is, but you kind of learn it as you go. And you kind of see that there's different bosses and they, they kind of tell different stories of different biomes and things like that. Okay. Um, the reason I'm very favored in Entrouded is because there's the collectible aspect in it. People like to get the accolade for finding all the collectibles. Oh, yeah. There's letters yeah. everywhere that you read and it tells you part of the story. It tells you part of why the things are, why they are, why the entrouded became this bad place, why uh, you are the flameborn, why you are this character. Um, and it just kind of deep deeps into that. Some people I'm guilty of it. Clicks on it goes on because it gives your experience and you can move on. Yeah. But then you kind of go back and you're just like, you kind of read some of them and you're like, wow, I wish I involved myself more with the story. And Slow it, it can be really good. Yeah. Make that sure was, you appreciate the game. That's the thing I do appreciate. And again, I go back to just Elder Scrolls for the lore. Like, like there's so much when you read it. And I know, um, like, I know games with like a lot of lore, like that kind of stuff are really good. I mean, I know. Alex could say the same thing. He, he sent me lore for different different games, and uh, it's yeah that that can really make a game. And I think just the way that you uh, described and shrouded would be that would be the way to get me to play the game is by appealing to the, just how it gives you a little bit of the the story yeah. each time you read something. So that makes me want to check it out. So I think that too when these open world games are releasing. And you, you all can chirp in on this as well. It seems like they're 
cheaper than they've ever been. It doesn't seem like every single open world game is just a $60 price tag, $50, $60 price tag anymore. Well, I think they hit you with the add-ons, I think, is where they... Because I think it stretched it out over a longer time, and it it does make the economic impact seem a lot less if I'm paying Mm -hmm. $5.99, $9.99 for something, and then that six months later, I do the same thing. I mean, if you think about it too, when you look at the the the, the dynamic of game development ever since the mobile phones and how that really has functioned, you see that a lot of developers notice that hey, if we can get a basic framework together and then have add-ons or possible add-ons later on, in turn we can make more money and profit with less work, and in turn this gives us the what we want, and people feel like they're you know, consumers feel like they're winning and companies are making money. So like I'm throwing out like Fortnite as an example. It's a free-to-play game. But how much money that place makes off skins and you know this or that perk or that thing, you know. So like you see these things happening all over the place, but people buy them because they like the skins, they like the cosmetic tie to it. So um yeah, I do see that way too. And I also want to think that when you look at open world games, as a, from a developer standpoint, you build this massive world that you can constantly change and develop. So later down the road, when they're like, you know what, we kind of want to build a whole other town over here real quick. Let's do a patch. And it's like, you're not really disturbing the game flow. You can keep the same general game out there. People can be content and also now have something new. Like um, I'm pointing out like, wow, as an example. Like all of a sudden there's a brand new series, a brand new world open up, a whole nother biome exploring. Um, now there's a witch king with a you know frosty sword that cuts you in half. Um, so there's quite a possibility when it comes to those games. And I think that's you know, I I'm hoping that is we're in the era of the open world <laughs> and we'll see yeah. a lot more of those happening. So I think you it's the way to go. Yeah, you mentioned PAL world. What's your feeling on that one? Power World is something that's going to be hard to get me into because I, I'm one of those people that actually, I didn't grow up watching Pokemon. I didn't really grow up watching anything mm-hmm. um, outside of kind of the OG cartoon networks like the Giant Bravos and um, Cat Dog type stuff. I, okay. I didn't really go outside of that. So Pokemon, I don't really know how to feel about it. But after watching so many people, it's like it's like you get the influence to see to see it. It's it's open world again, another survival craft game. But there's an aspect to it that's it feels like it's almost never been hit. You have these animals, pets, whatever you want to call them, that are going to help you craft stuff. That are going to give you ability. You can fight with them, capture them, fly with them, whatever. And it's like a whole new genre of solo open world because it mm-hmm. can be boring at time times that you are just sitting there playing and it, it can it can be overwhelming because you feel like you need to do this this and this but you want to have teammates to experience it with you in power world it doesn't feel like that it feels like you could play solo for hours because you have these animals with you that can uh pokemon or whatever you want to call them that help you along the way and i feel like that's a that's a genre we haven't stepped into. And, and so it's, it's great to see it's blow up. I love that it's breaking records. Um, it's showing people a, a new game to play given the yeah. opportunity. Um, Cause especially when you're in the more FPS stuff and you're, you know, you're stuck kind of playing competitive Fortnite, playing competitive Valorant. Sometimes you don't get to branch out because oh, yeah, you're practicing so much. So yeah. it's cool to see stuff like this and people wanting to play it and people want to experience it. Hundred percent. I'm gonna throw this out here because you brought up like you know it's Pokemon with guns. Um, Nintendo is actually taking legal actions against Power World developers, um, in which I find, which is in the wings, ready to go because they do mention that it's Pokemon with guns and that's destroying an image that is well IP that's well invested um, in what it's doing, and uh, they're actually going after Power World uh, as of the end of last month. So they're, they're really putting some legal action out there to see if they're you know stealing content uh, as well as uh, infringing an IP 
uh, information. I don't know if they would win this battle, but uh, the has got some power. <laughs> so yeah, we'll they that that's a scary power to go against as a as developers that were trying to push out a game under a low budget, as oh, yeah. I've, I've read. And um, I don't know. I've only heard the one narrative, which, like you said, was at the end of last month. But it we'll have to see. I've not heard any more news about it, so mm-hmm. I've we'll have to see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where it lands. All right. So, where do you want to go next, Eagle? We told you, you you're controlling the show here. <laughs> it's your next conversational point. I have to say, it seems like for me and. I'm I'm more wanting to hear your all's opinions on this. Okay. What do you all think about PlayStation versus Microsoft exclusives right now? It seems like things are getting separated and things are very, um, you know, you got your Spider-Man game that's going to be coming out, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man this, that, and the other. And then you got Microsoft that's, that's coming out with different games. They're kind of being exclusive to, um, to their games, their respectful games, just like the Halo series and whatnot. What what's your all's opinion on that? Where where's that going? Like all three branches from PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. What do you what do you think about that? I had just been reading a lot about how Microsoft kind of might be giving up exclusivity on a lot of their new mm-hmm. game their games, like a lot of their big ones. So my first thought was what would the point of an Xbox be at this point if that were the case? I mean, do you think it would be a good way with the exclusive titles to get to get people, you know, to get an Xbox and grow that that membership with their library? But um, yeah, I'm kinda I'm kinda curious. It'd be weird to see some of the <laughs> some of the games. Go ahead. I mean, I saw that too. With Xbox is saying they're going to be letting go of some of its exclusivity, which I get. Um, ever since the console wars of like the late two thousands, like when it was at the heyday, consoles do not hold the power like they used to. Um, in comparison to the gaming world, uh, it's fairly simple nowadays to build a decent PC and rock it. And there's you know there's a way to make it work. Before, when consoles were big, it was primarily because PCs were way too expensive. Like, if you go back to the time of Nintendo, a PC was way too expensive to play a game on, but you can buy a cheap console that a small motherboard, basic graphics, and be able to play a decently fun game for a long period of time, then cartridges and blah, blah, blah for resaleability and profit. But nowadays, especially with Microsoft, I mean, Microsoft already lost a lot of exclusivity from Xbox because... Most of the games you can get on Xbox, you can play on PC. You see, and even their, uh, uh, the, the, their like uh, Game Pass is available for PC as well as your Xbox. So really, there's the, the Microsoft exclusivity has been lost, gone a long time ago. Um, so personally, I do not see any fear in the eyes of the big mighty Microsoft when it comes to <laughs> their ability to like walk around this uh exclusivity thing um my thinking and honestly my thinking is that they want to release their exclusivity to try to get other developers um or other companies um aka playstation as well as nintendo to release their exclusivity and say hey look what we're doing why don't you guys do this so that you know we can work together in a gaming community um you know i don't know if i would be play be able to play like Pokemon on my Xbox, but I could see them trying to do that for that purposes. Um, because like I said, I don't think they have any fear, but I also do not see like Halo being played on PlayStation. Yeah, there might be limits on it. I'm wondering. Yeah. Do you, do you all guys ever get curious about the whole cross play thing where it's like, you know, yeah, while they're trying to like be like, yeah, you know, we're going to kind of release these, Mm -hmm. um, exclusions and stuff we're going to do it like like you said the game pass on um pc and stuff but there's still a lot of lack of cross play between the platforms oh i i think that's gonna go away 
You think it's going to go away? Yeah. I don't know if it will. And that's the, it, it seems like to me it will have started with the sports games, but it doesn't seem like it's happening. Madden is still not crossplay. 2K, it just branched to um, allow Xboxes and PlayStation to play with each other this year. Mm-hmm. It uh, Baseball games have done it for a couple years now, thankfully, uh, once they made the return of the show. But it doesn't seem like a lot of games are still allowing that cross-play. Is that a worry to you all at all as kind of these, as we are just gamers? Um, I I kind of in his camp. I think there'll be more. I, I was giving an Alex's camp. I think there'll be. I think as it becomes more acceptable or cool, I think like the community is going to have a big push on this in terms of like final say you know if there's the demand there and it continues to be an issue or there's you know pushback on a particular platform if they're not you know pushing towards cross play i think it'll that it'll come back to bite it with bad publicity i think i think it will go to more you know you'll see more cross play. do i think it'll all happen tomorrow or certain things no but i, I do think it will uh i think it'll happen so yeah, I just and, think it's still interesting how people don't go ahead and make it like that. They they don't make these uh, games that you can play openly, and yet we're not worried too much about exclusions, but we're still not making it cross-play. It, it just seems odd to me. So what I what I wanted to look up, and I wanted to see if I can find some good numbers on it because I wasn't prepped you know, fully for this, but what what always drives to me is like when I think of consoles, like on average to buy uh, to purchase an Xbox, a PlayStation, um, you're shot out what five hundred bucks easy, mm-hmm. just on the system, right? Um, toss in I don't know a game. You're looking at your you know game and some little small gear stuff. Like you're looking at six hundred bucks. You're halfway to buying yourself a PC. You know, a decent gaming platform. And I think more and more consumers are seeing this. Um, And I went to try to find some numbers on this to see if I can make any comparison. And it's always weird because, again, we're looking back uh, statistically during a time of COVID and, you know, supply low, blah, blah, blah. So you got to kind of look at that and take that with a grain of salt. But looking back since like 2021, 2022, and 2023, on average, you're starting to see a downtick in sales on any console and a good 14 to 24% on average per console. The only one that actually showed a rise as between 23 and 22 was pretty much PlayStation five. Um, but prior to 21, they had no sales. <laughs> so like they, <laughs> they were catching up. It seems like a lot of people are catching up in general, but PlayStation five has always been uh, PlayStation has always been a hot item comparison to the rest of them. Um, just because of the, the options that it gives. Um, so do I think exclusivity is helping them win? Maybe. Do I think it's a COVID aftermath? I'd call it hmm. possible. Um, because if I look at like 21, Sales versus 23 sales, their uptake is 96% <laughs> profit increasing between the two years. Um, but if I look at like the uh, Nintendo Switch, um, it's down. If I look at the Xbox S or S, it's up 45% between 23 or 21 to 23. So overall, post-COVID percentage of council sales have been pretty well. But I don't think it's a lot to be like, oh, we're going to make tons and tons of money. So personally, that's why I think Xbox, I'm going to put it out here, within the next five to ten years will probably be gone. It'll be replaced by a PC. I would agree with that. Um, I was wondering where the market might go because, you know, you see, you see people going from uh, as day in the day and age advances and we get more technic uh technology um advanced mm-hmm. we get like the street the steam deck the mm-hmm. nintendo switch 
now we're going into these handhelds back like the PSP. And it seems like we're cycling back into that top era where we don't have to have these consoles to to carry around. It's hard to find a solid backpack that's going to protect them, but also <laughs> pack them along. And it's like we're going back into that era of gaming. Well, if you, I mean, if you look at it, right, the when do you game, right? Like, when is your gaming time? And your gaming time is when you have downtime. And if there's a way to capitalize on your downtime, maybe I can capitalize on the commute time you're in. Maybe you're, you know, working in New York and you're commuting via train. So you have opportunity there to like utilize downtime. Because again, I think mobile phone systems and mobile phone games have really changed the gaming market. Um, where that's going to drive a lot of the, the the percentages. I mean, some of the games are really simple, but I've drawn tons of cash. Um so I don't like I said, I I have my feelings that councils are definitely on the way out. I think a lot of us older gamers, elder gamers, elder millennials have a nostalgic for the the system on our buy our TV or whatever it is. But uh that's my that's my three or four cents on that. <laughs> mm. I, the whole console thing, I'm not so uh but I do miss broken. I miss the hardcore console wars. I miss the commercials between Xbox and PlayStation. They were really funny. I miss the the debates, the arguments, the the drives. They're like Xbox is better. And I still bring it up because I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I graduated from my numbers and or my shapes to my letters and numbers now. Cause you know, you look at a PlayStation controller, it's got shapes on it. You know, I always joke that I at least now upgraded to letters. I made it past kindergarten, y'all. Um, so, you know, I still like it, and I still call it out when some of the some of my friends and stuff like that. Oh, I'm better because I got an Xbox, but I don't know. It's Hold a great, on. it's a it's a great thing to watch though, a- advancing with it as a as people that enjoy games mm-hmm. and enjoy watching it and enjoy seeing it. We are seeing a lot more. It. It's almost you want to say like the gamer's time is now. <laughs> it seems like it's most attractive to be a gamer because of the all these different skill sets that you have from the FPS players to people that play casually and are just entertaining. It seems like it's at all-time high, so people are able to do it on whatever platform right now at least. It's, and it's at home or in your hand or some of that. You know, back in the you know 80s and early 90s, it was – arcades and places you had to go so now it's not as challenging yeah um, and the internet makes life easier as well what about here sauce is on here because that's been a big thing that's popping like the the oculus and the the new apple face mask thingy the by, vision yeah the vision what do you think about those man that's it's it's honestly scary even as someone that sees that as well it's technology it's going to be advancing us it's it's at your hands you can do this and that with it so many different creative things i mean we've all seen the commercials for them and whatnot it's still almost scary um you're seeing people that are walking the sidewalks with these the apple visions on and you know and, and yeah you can see through them and see the world around you but it's like are we getting so wrapped up into it uh, on this multitasking era to where we have we can do all this we can pull up a nba game on the side we can pull up Fortnite on one screen and then pull up a uh, a text message on the other there's a lot going on there and so mm-hmm. if we're you know yes i would personally advise using them at home and not walking sidewalks not advertising that but <laughs> it's um Man, it, it it's crazy what technology can do, and it's almost fearful of do we get when do we get too secluded from gaming with other people, and when do we when do we cross that line? Because right now it's a fine line. A lot of people are making livings playing in video games at home. There's a lot of people that make good money, and there's this next generation that's coming wants to be that streamer. They want to be that YouTuber. They want to be mm. that person. It's a lot of time and dedication. As far as we've seen it, because we're 
a, a little bit older. I'm not going to say how old I am, but I'm getting yeah. there. We're, we're elder creators. Yeah, we're elder creators. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we know how much time it took us, but it's it's getting to the point people are wanting to make this a lifestyle and a dream. And when are we going to cross that line of uh, real world versus the internet and technology? Yeah. I, I think I just think of like when my kids grow up and have kids and we all okay, all right, guys, it's time for Thanksgiving dinner or let's open presents. All right, let me grab my Oculus, put it on. And, uh, and then we're all in like some virtual living room opening up uh, gifts and skins and stuff that we bought for each other for our games. I just see it. I just see it. Or Ready Player One style. Yeah. Or like yeah. or like some or like and then but and then on the flip side, like all the kids and the grandkids, everybody gets like locked in, you know, snowed in at home or something. And you're sitting there and everyone's just kind of nobody brought their stuff. Everyone's just kind of sitting there fidgeting. Well, we used to play board games, but I, I don't know what we're going to do, you know? So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I, I agree with you on that. But, I like, when I think about the Oculus or the think about the, the Apple Visions, I, I recall the Nintendo glove, the power glove. I recall <laughs> the VTAC. See, Nintendo that's before V-Tag. my era. I can't remember. Do you remember, that. remember the VTAC? Uh, Jeremy, yeah, oh yeah, the Nintendo, like you put it on the thing, you put your face into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, I thought Sega did one too, where they kind of like broadcasted over a, gla- a lens and they wore like a lens. Oh, somebody I was it remember. Sega? I didn't have a, a Sega, I didn't get Sega products. Well, to be I, honest. I bought, I used to buy the magazines like Nintendo Power and yeah. all that stuff. So, like, you know, Gamer Informer, <laughs> they had one that they had, I can't remember if it was Sega, but they had one that was over an eye. Um, I remember Xbox tried it with the original Xbox, something similar to it, and I just, it, I just recall those things, and then they, they were cool for a little bit, but then, well, that's what got me with one that I feel most ripped off. I go back to the Super Scope Six, oh, and how excited yeah. I was to have that thing, and it had like six, six little games you could play on it, and then I don't think we ever bought another game for the system, and then like a year or two years later, I think they kicked the final dirt over its grave and left it unmarked so yeah. but yeah like, i'm like oh man because i was so excited looking into that thing in the graphics like coming at you i'm like man this is gonna be awesome and then a year later I'm like, <laughs> well i just think of like, like i think about those and then it makes me like i don't I, as a as humans i think that there's a there's a fine line where we're we're drawing to ourselves of like eh, that's a little too far past our like moments here and I and you know like I hate to say it, but like because of COVID, I do think that a lot of because of the act of COVID, like we slowed down quite a bit. And personally, I think that has been, you know, kind of reflecting on what the human race is doing. And I'm getting really weird here, and I know this is not where you came for this podcast for, but I am a social studies person. I really like this stuff, but I do think that you know, humans have a fine point where they don't want to, you know, dive too far in technology to the, to the degree. I mean, think about all the different movies we've seen, the matrix, uh, Wally. I mean, there's a ton of movies out there showing like the, the downside of overcommitment to technology that equilibrium. I think. Yeah. Like... yeah. You know, even like Planet of the apes, you know, like yeah. it goes back. And I think it's a, you know, you know, I always joke because, like, my I remember my dad back when he was younger, he wrote a story about how there's gonna be flying cars in 2020. And now I read a letter from my kid to talk about the future, but you know, when he's you know 35 years old, there's gonna be flying cars. I laugh hysterically every time I read that because I'm like, wait, they wrote that back then. <laughs> and huh. prior to my dad, they wrote the same thing. So, like, it's always this weird thing. I think that there's humans, we have a border that we don't want to cross. We always flirt with that border. We always try to jump across it, but then we do revert back. So I'm, I don't know. I'm interested in that. Do you think that these, this is kind of like, you know, as a history top up a person and yeah. as you look back, do you think we're almost cycling back to those days when you all was playing those type of games and now we're just advancing it, but it's the same type of era mm-hmm. in gaming? Mm-hmm. I do. I always say this: like I don't think history is continually or secular that keeps repeating itself. But I do believe in the concept that there is um, 
uh, tenure of people that because of how you are raised is how you raise your kids. And in turn, you kind of influence time and it becomes very secular. Um, uh, there's a whole book out there. Um, I was just going to say that. What's it called? Uh, the fourth I, something? The fourth turning. Turning, yes. yeah. Yes. So in the fourth turning, the concept is brought up as a philosophy of that focuses primarily on American soul, uh, culture, but it shows the concept that there's four 80-year cycles, and every year cycle is marked by a growth as well as a very pivotal moment. Example, like you have every generation that does something. So it marks back to all the generations, and every 80-year generation, you have a change that seems to happen. So comically enough, if you look at the way that tracks, the our world that we're living in is technically very resemblant to what we would be called, like, not our grandparents, but, a, but before our grandparents would be. Um, and then our kids would be more like our grandparents. So it's always kind of like, we're always like, you know, you're always like your great grandfather or great grandparents, um, or before them type thing. So you kind of have this like resemblance to their mantra and what they're doing. Um, but you know, that's how it kind of works out. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It's again, it's a theory. It's kind of concept based on weird thoughts and dive down it but i do see that being a resemblance to what's going on do i think that we're going to go back to like platform games and like 2d maybe because we're old and we're going to influence that we almost are with the steam deck and nintendo switch though with the the flat way of playing a game yeah we're we're getting close who's in charge now that's influencing that concepts you know who's the one that is going to be who has the disposal income right now is going to be the the other gamers that were during the time of Nintendo and NES and stuff like that. I wish they'd give the retro prices on them. Yeah, the prices are <laughs> insane. Oh, I miss buying. <laughs> oh, I miss buying. The prices are cutting edge. <laughs> They're cutting edge. But, uh... I remember going. Remember going to Kohl's. The, if you know what Kohl's is a, a clothing store in the Midwest. I don't know if they're all over the place, but a Midwest clothing store. Um, I would go to Kohl's for my oh no, Sears. It's in a strip mall with Sears and JC Penny. Oh, I was no, just gonna Sears. say no, it was Sears. No, because Sears used to sell games and then back go. in the day. They used to have a game council counter in the middle of the like boys' clothing department. And during the time when I go by uh I remember going to buy like school clothes. I'm like, hey mom, let's uh gonna pick up the new council, new game real quick. You know, twenty bucks. Come on, and it was no big deal. Yeah, I knew the N64 game. It's crazy, even as someone that that remembers that time. It it feels like it's so far back, and now you see the bargain being at different places and stuff. It has those PS2 classics or what whatever games. Mm-hmm. And it seems like now we're seeing more PS3 and it's going up that that uh branch as it gets older. But anyhow, it's just crazy seeing that because now it's like five bucks per game and it's just every part of you wants it, but it's outdated and sometimes it just don't work anymore and and, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You don't have the console anymore or whatever, but it's wow. It's, it's such a memory and that pulls a deep memory with me and my mom growing up. Mm-hmm. And I would always want, want to sneak off. Oh, I do need new, some new shorts. And then next thing you know, you're kind of looking at that one little rack stand that's in there in a JC Pinger mm-hmm. coast. And you kind of start picking through, through the cases and stuff, just like you're old at, you're at a old retro vinyl shop. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of picking through it, and you're just like, hmm, they got a deal, and you yeah. want to get it. Oh, well, let's slide it in there, let's slide it in there, mom. Let's just grab that one real quick. Be fine. Don't worry about it. I'll play it after games. Don't worry. After school. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's where I remember I got Donkey Kong Country. That was a classic. Yeah, that's a good game. yeah it was. all right. Well, we have gone all over the place here, and I appreciate that conversation heavily. Because we've gone up, down, and left and right, and I don't know where we're landing here. You always got to remember where we began, uh, started from, and retro gaming and that kind of thing yeah. gets appreciation from just as many people as the new era. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting where we land. So, all right. Well, Eagle, I want to say we appreciate you coming on here. 
and talking to us and chilling with us. We do enjoy our deep conversations and I like where we go because I don't time flies by dramatically really fast, especially when I'm talking to you. So we do greatly appreciate you. Um, I guess before I kind of go into streaming news, is there anything you want to tell our listeners that one nugget of information before we move on? Um, not really. Um, there's no more yeah as far as what we've talked about and everything just whenever you're talking to your dad or talking to a family member that grew up on the gamecube grew up on the playstation 2 as we close in on that era and grow up on on different stuff appreciate those old games it they really you don't understand till you try them and play them but there's there's some good games out there. Like, Doctor Dad about GameCube. It's like, oh man, just put that was okay. All right, make me feel old. Thanks, thanks, Eagle. I appreciate you. You're uh, welcome. Humbling moment. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I gotta go buy. I gotta go buy the Elder Creator jacket we have on there. I gotta start rocking that more. Uh, I gotta get that. Anyways, Twitch news. Uh, if you have not noticed already, you can have five new animated emotes, and they've also give the easy option to animate your stuff. So if you haven't done that, go do that. It's so much simpler. They're giving you more emote spots, and then if you sign up and get the like alerts to them through Twitch, you also get alerts too, and you get more emotes. So that's cool. Moving on from that, uh, TikTok is now testing some subspace activity. So if you have a subscriber to your lives and subscriber to your channels, they'll have a specific special subspace for those people on the Tiki Talks. So definitely check that out. Uh, hey, Jeremy, fourth wall. Yes, Remember sir. we had them on here? Yes. Oh, they did uh, launch a new feature to uh, the Americans first and how to integrate your fourth wall into TikTok shop. They're really working on that. We mentioned that before, um, and he talked about it on there. Yeah. But he's now they actually launched it here. So now you can integrate your fourth wall into TikTok as well as they've upgraded the pay DM system. So you can definitely start reaching out to your uh, your people that buy stuff and say, hey, good job. Thank you for buying. Thumbs up. Smiley face. So there's a lot of action there. So if you haven't already, um, go watch our recording. Um, if you go look at fourth wall, you can sign up and get some sample credit. So uh, hopefully you listen to fourth wall because we can be friends again. All right. Moving on. YouTube is now looking to add a preview to their live streams um, in the shorts feed. So that's something to look forward to, Mr. YouTube. Um, and they're doing some vertical streaming instead of just the horizontal. Nice. Yeah. YouTube CEO Neil Nolan post out, uh, posted out uh, his blog going over his 20, pretty much 2024 plans. Um, so YouTube is believing that AI will help creators control content. So uh, hint, AI is going to be coming to YouTube. Um, so look for that in the future. They paid out some creators, making sure that they're getting some three-year uh, contracts, with a lot of partner programs. And they're again, they're talking about how shorts are crucial to growth, where they have 7 billion views daily with a 50% growth. Any channel that does really strong in their shorts category. Um, and people are starting to watch shorts on their TVs more. Um, so TV influx has gone up 400% in the last three years. Uh, so YouTube TV has been taking off because I know that you can buy that service on there. So it's pretty nice. I'm asked uh, every time. Yeah. There's, there's a small note I'll add to that because yep. being a YouTube partner and somebody that does shorts and mm-hmm. gets their weekly analytics back, I it, they come out with these random questions just to be like you know kind of see what your audience is doing. It came out with a question: How what percentage of your shorts were watched on TV? Oh yeah, and I was like, "There's this is baffles me because I don't see anybody doing that because I don't do it personally." Yeah, it was like twenty seven percent, and I was like, "Wow." That's that's a lot of people watching on their TV. That's not I can understand watching long form, but shorts, yeah, it's really grown and creators see that. Mm-hmm. Creators see that. Yeah, so YouTube is really trying to look into that. So that's that's a cool thing. And then uh 
YouTube is now expanding a content takeover advertising plan. Um, pretty much just means that brands can buy on entire ad offerings to a creator channel, custom lineups and playlists for specific videos. So they can purchase like Eagle's entire channel. Let's just say uh, American Eagle decides to buy Eagle's channel and this has exclusive rights to promote on his channel. That's something they're not allowing, which is pretty cool. I wonder, does the creator have any say in that? Is I don't you? know. That would, that would be interesting. Like, hey, like, what's my like negotiating, or if it's tiered based on activity, like, what percentage does the creator get out of that? Because yeah, I wonder be... what the offer sheets look like. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Snapchat laid off ten percent of its staff, which is normal because AI is taking over the world. Um, now this is the big one. I always thought this was interesting. I should have brought it up earlier. Um, because. This has been big news for a couple of days. Disney investing $1.5 billion in Epic Games. And I'm excited about this. It sounds stupid and terrifying that people are like, oh man, that's you know, they're taking over Fortnite. But no, like think about the possibilities that we're going to see with this. Think about the possibilities that we've already seen with this new Unreal Engine 5 that's been out now uh -huh. for the past few months. There you can go and play horror games in Fortnite in these creative game modes people have so are so talented that can go in and capture this and all this coding kind of stuff that goes into it of making sure a certain switch works a certain way and mm -hmm. triggers something it's amazing I know when I seen the news um, pop up on my Twitter feed I sent it to a couple of buddies of mine and was like these people that think that Epic Games and Fortnite is going to go away because mm. it's a kids game, quote unquote. It's not. It's it, it's it it's seen by investors. It's seen by entrepreneurs. It's well, seen by these people who want to Disney grow it. for billions of dollars. Um, yeah. but I mean Disney's already you know dabbled in Epic Games and Fortnite because all the skins and stuff. But like yeah. the the graphic they showed is I think is. Super cool. If you haven't seen the graphic, just go look up Walt Disney's company, look up Epic Games Fortnite, just go search and find their article. And the the scene that I'm looking at is just the idea of like creating a multiple world space that something can go visit and travel through. You use the Bifrost to travel between these two locations multiple locations. You can travel to Marvel World, you can travel to uh you know. Uh, all these different, I don't know, Marvel, Star Wars. Um, uh, what else is on here? You can go, I don't know. There's all the places. So think of anything start in Disney, anything that Disney owned, which is pretty much everything, and they have a world for it. So that is epic. Um, and I'm kind of excited. No to pun see intended. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say it, it is now. It is now. It is now. But I'm kind of excited to see what's going to come out of this. I really hope they do something like this. I really hope it becomes like just something an entertainment hub and i hope it does um it sounds terrifying to give disney this much power but i really do i really think that they can do something cool with it and we'll see what happens the only thing i have a nightmare about is mini killing me in Fortnite with a smg that's all i got man you know, just i'll jiggle. just lose the i'll just lose the innocence oh, every look, time you fell one, down. one of my kids go mickey, mickey playhouse i'm like Oh man! What, yeah, that'll what? be that'll be quite the time. Two toodles. What's the tool today? <laughs> SMG with with an extended clip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds horrible. No, but like uh, Disney came out with that one game where you ran around the Disney park, um, and you kind of play stuff. Like I could, I don't know, I could see that kind of. You referring to Epic Mickey by chance? No, there's a game called Disneyland. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, Epic and, Mickey was the one that I ran around with when I was like on the yeah. Wii back then. Yeah, there's one like that. They've made a couple of them, but there's one that's called Disneyland, and my my kids played it quite a bit. And it's just like you ran around the parks and did like random tasks for the characters, and like you found the pizzas and brought them back. Um, so it's just exploring the parks. I could see them doing similar to something like that, based on the graphic they give. It could change, but I think that'd be something cool where I can run down and like land and go run over to Fortnite world and play Fortnite. But then, you know what? I'm going to run over and play um, some battlefront at star Wars land. And then I'm going to go over here and do some cool Marvel things or something like that. Or, you know what? I'm going to go sit at the ESPN center and watch the game. Like 
all graphically online in one giant digital space. I don't know. They're yeah, gonna that's... To, they're gonna try to slam that into some goggles. Be careful. They will. I put on it, but I, I guess I don't. But we'll see. I know that I I read this, and I will go ahead and say I don't don't quote me on this because I don't know if it's true. Yeah. Apparently, the one point five billion that they invested is ten percent stake in the Epic's company. That just yeah. explains how large this yeah. deal is. Oh yeah, that's ten percent. That's gonna that's gonna give some influence. Who would have thought Mark Zuckerberg is somewhere cringing right now? Go, Disney, it's, it's not better than the metaverse. It's not better than the metaverse. Disney's going to smack Zuckerberg in the face. So if he's listening, we're sorry. <laughs> Mickey says no. All <laughs> right. Anyways, but thank you all for listening to us and babble on for a little bit about the, the craziness of the entertainment world. Um, so if you have any questions, please put those in the comments. But if you can, if you can give a star, a heart, a like, or pass your information along to somebody that you know that would like listening to us babble on and on, please do. We would really appreciate that. Jeremy, do you have anything else to say before we sign off? Uh, no, just thank you, Eagle, for uh, for coming back on. And it was a pleasure as always. All right. Thank All you, right, guys. Buddy. I appreciate you. All right, everybody. As the saying goes, potatoes. Yeah.